0: Hello, welcome to the uh, 23rd episode of the At U2 podcast, talking all things YouTube, 2 including album news, album news, tour dates, tour dates, <laughs> and community discussions from the staff about At 2 It's been a little while, so we're a little extra giddy, but I have with me uh, Mr. Matt McGee. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> silent treatment. <laughs> I can always fill in for you, you know.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh, I know. I just wanted to, like I said, I just wanted to give you a hard time. Yeah. What's your name again? <laughs>
0: i forget how this all works i don't
1: i don't yeah i have no idea yeah it's it's been way way too long i feel very uh, very rusty sherry is also with us there's this girl on she's very excited about topics stuff what's going on here
2: i will (laughs) i will guarantee you this is the best podcast we've done this year (laughs)
0: that's assuming it actually gets out and we remember or i remember i guess i'm using the royal we is that right that uh, I remember how to do this all. But yes, we're back after a little bit of a hiatus, an unplanned extended hiatus. Uh, We'll blame the Mexican tequila and our Wi-Fi uh, and other issues. Matt was on a holiday. Sherry, did you go anywhere warm and tropical?
2: No, I was sat waiting for the phone to ring to say we're (laughs) recording a podcast. Both of you ditched me, man.
0: Oh, sorry, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Sherry went. went Sherry went to Fall River, which is warm and tropical for Massachusetts <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I might have passed through New Bedford.
1: there you go
0: oh, <laughs> uh, good, regional jokes uh, <laughs> we're We're back on the show, we're recording again Wednesday nights are. Other, t- other times we will let you know, but uh, Wednesday night's typically-ish, uh, 8.30 Central Standard Time, and other times vary around the world because there's time zones and things like that, I guess, is what I hear. Uh, we have uh, the hashtag at YouTube Podcast is where you can post pictures if you're listening to the show. I'd love to see a picture of where you are listening to the show. I, there isn't any because we haven't recorded a podcast in a while, so understandably, nothing to... You want me to do that right now? Sure. Yeah, Sherry would record or posted one just before we started recording, so you can do a live at YouTube, hashtag at YouTube podcast thingy.
1: Right. Well, you go ahead and talk for a while, and then okay. I'll try to figure out how, if I can do
0: a selfie. So We've given, apparently, I was told by Sherry before the show that we've given up on Snapchat as a thing. That was from 2015, and now we're moving on.
2: Yeah, that was so last year.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Have, you, have we landed somewhere? I guess we're waiting for Bono to tell us what next social network we're going to use this year.
2: I Well, you know what's amazing about that? So they've been actually quite active. I'm going to go to their Instagram account right now. Um, but they've been quite active, except for Larry. Mm-hmm. Uh, has anybody seen him recently? I'm starting to get worried.
0: Yeah, I know. He's the only one who hasn't made an appearance in some form, either in comments, on, taking a photo and, and commenting on it or posting a picture of himself. So I don't know where where in the world is Larry
2: <laughs> yeah, I would have expected something after edge posed um uh with the caption of um of um riding my ass or something like that, and right. then yeah and then uh Bono's just laying on the beach with all these uh uh rolling stones um yeah, they're a little and then on um, Adams off at these museums and such, and the only time that we've seen Larry's because this little kid bumped into him in Europe and snapped a picture and then posted it. And that was the last that we've seen of Larry. So in pure Mullen fashion, he's just vanished.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Edge and where Bono he, are pretty heavy on the dad puns with their, <laughs> their postings lately.
1: Where <laughs> <laughs> where does where, do, where does Larry go or where did Larry go for those bull's blood treatment? Wasn't that like some... Some very exotic locale for that. Is that where he is, perhaps?
0: Perhaps, yeah. There's Matt and his selfie.
1: Did it did it get posted?
0: Just got posted, yeah. We'll Damn. throw that in the chat room as well. If you're listen if you want to listen live, we record live sometimes, goodstuff.fm slash live, and there's a little chat room. And uh, we sometimes pay attention and sometimes we ignore them, <laughs> depending on <laughs> whether we're using a southern accent. Or not <laughs> anyways moving on before we get into trouble we uh we have the other hashtag ask at you too that we do for questions and commentary and and things from listeners throughout the weeks before we record and you can send those in via twitter using hashtag ask at you too and uh, we've got a few from we we didn't solicit very many while we were gone so uh, we've got a few but uh one from my listener mr matt mcgee <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that one snuck in here. I know that guy. Him. Uh, wow, this if, is
1: like the best question that's ever been submitted. If, if you, <laughs> look at
0: this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if you two were a tropical destination, which one would they be? Question mark. Wow. So, I don't know. Matt, do you have a a response to this? (laughs) I
1: I think I sent this question in when you were at a tropical destination, and I was at a tropical destination, and we were comparing, like, sunrise or sunset photos or some such thing, and...
0: Which is probably like the the most, like, uh, worst thing to do to anybody who's following both of us and also happens to live in a winter climate.
1: To argue argue about which tropical destination is better. (laughs) My sunset's better than yours. I can't answer this question because I think I've only visited one tropical destination in my life, and that would be Hawaii, unless you count, like, you know, the Miami area as a tropical destination. I've been there, but. So Hawaii is like it for me. So I don't know that I'm qualified to even answer that question. I would answer it as Hawaii because U2, like Hawaii, is consistently fantastic. How's that?
0: Has you 2 ever uh, – what's the most tropical destination you 2 has ever played? That would be another way to spin that question.
1: Probably Hawaii. Was it
0: Hawaii that would be the – Yeah. I guess Mexico, like they do play South America, like for those of us in the northern hemispheres, anywhere sort of south and warm feels kind of tropical. And Teleject in the chat room does not count Miami as a tropical destination. So Then that is it. If Teleject
1: says it, then that is it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'd have to go with uh, something like that. I mean, any any beach destination. I don't know where. We're we're still waiting to find out where Larry is, I guess. That would kind of help us figure out. Where they would be.
1: Um, I'm going I'm to follow them. When they do the, the tour of the uh, Bahamas, I'm going to follow them. So <laughs> There we <you> go. <laughs> I'm going to every show on that tour.
0: <laughs> the uh, next question from Charoff asks, uh, in recent days, do you have a U2 song that you can't get out of your head or, or are enjoying dwelling on? And they said for them it was mu- uh, Zoo Station right now. Um, Sherry, what do I, anything from you? What's, what's, uh, you two, or have you been even listening? Have you sort of abstained from you two since the tour ended just to like have a, I really
2: in? have. Yeah, N- no, it's, it's been, um, it's been refreshing, you know, just to be able to get out of that tour mindset and, I found it very difficult to do so. So as a fan, if I found it very difficult to do so, I can only imagine what it's like being part of the crew and coming home and being like, I don't know what to do with myself is, is this my house? So, um, so I needed a bit of decompression myself, but it's, it's not helpful when your husband gets one of those virtual reality goggle things, For Christmas, and the kids want to watch uh, um, the uh, uh, "Song for Someone" video on it consistently Mm. because my my kids are now coming up to me and just you know sprinkling uh, uh, um, a little bit of a chorus in my ear, or or um, or just going, "This is a song," and then that's it, and and then and then just walk away. I'm like. I know that song. Uh, <laughs> it sounds vaguely familiar to me.
0: That's in your ear. But,
2: you know, they are they are completely into this whole virtual reality thing. And I think um, we're turning into really bad parents by letting them play with his uh, VR set so much that... <laughs> Has anybody fallen down to- the
0: stairs while wearing it yet?
2: No, <laughs> okay. no. But, you know, if uh, if Songs of Experience goes the way of, of the VR set, I don't think anybody will see my eyeballs for a solid two weeks.
0: Maybe that's where Larry is. He's been busy doing, like, a motion capture <laughs> video recording with, like, a 360-degree <laughs> camera on his head just walking around somewhere.
2: I'm right here. You'll <laughs> see me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't... Uh, I I didn't listen to a, a very much music period other than uh, Mexican banda music and stuff when we were traveling and so I actually haven't listened other than I played Actung Baby today that's why pre-show music was Actung Baby and but I haven't had any sort of YouTube stuff I think that in fairness to Charf this question was asked back when the tour had just ended we just haven't recorded a podcast since then to answer any of these questions so it's not his or her fault but um yeah I don't have anything that's been stuck in my head how about you Matt?
1: So that explains why the next question is about Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would you like for? <laughs> if, if you two, two were... were a Thanksgiving food, what would they be? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we should really have been, been asking for more current questions. I think might have been something we wanted to do during our tropical vacations. Perhaps. Right. If we
0: worked hard, we would have
1: planned
2: As that. opposed to the what's a McLobster
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that whole conversation you guys were having. Just FYI, that's why I didn't reply to any of those tweets. I don't, I don't want you to think I was rude. I was just clueless. So that's,
2: <laughs> you didn't want to be shellfish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, but I'm um, anyway to answer the que- yeah. Shirov's question. Um, no, I'm in very much in a, um, currently in an Adele phase right now. So I have been listening to Adele and her new album like on repeat for the last couple weeks and also in a boxer rebellion phase because they're my second favorite band behind U2 and they are teasing that they're going to have a new album coming out later this year and going on tour so I am just uh, getting myself excited for that and listening to a bunch of their music as well so I like Sherry I have not been listening to much U2 of late.
2: Yeah, I've been mostly uh, uh, listening to Peter Gabriel, Sting, Van Morrison because I'm going to be going to see them in in the next few months. Um, I'm taking my mom to see uh, Garth Brooks in a couple weeks, so I'm I'm re-educating myself on all of their discography before heading into the shows so uh, I kind of feel like I'm cheating on you too a little bit but you know when you're not on the road there's other uh, uh, bands in town who
0: yeah you can't sit around waiting know? for
2: them you exactly got to you do, know who do they see? think we are <laughs> <They have> fans
0: <laughs> podcasters and nerds about you too nothing better to do than talk about them no uh, so, speaking of, I guess the flip side of that question, the next question came in from uh, Bruner Caffey at Bruner Uh Which of the U2 classics, Eric classics, you wouldn't mind to be dropped from the set list when the tour returns? And they, he said, uh, Pride and Beautiful Day, which I will actually just quickly say, those are probably the two that I would also, I'm like, Beautiful Day and Pride are great when they actually get played live, but they aren't like a songs that I look forward to hearing because I just feel like I've heard them a lot. Um, but don't send me emails. Don't write me letters. Not that you don't have to write me a letter. <laughs> That's but
1: it, man. You are done. This is your last podcast. <laughs> Volcano's terrible.
0: <laughs> Remember what Matt said, everybody? Remember what Matt said?
1: <laughs> you know what else I don't like? You know, what, you know what else I don't like? See, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Volcano's terrible.
0: Right? Matt said that, not me. Okay, uh, anyways, Matt, which, which song would you like to be dropped from the set
1: <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. I, I don't get worked up over the set lists like most people do. But uh, I don't know. You know, because I'm working on the, um, the, the – bit, and I've tweeted out some, some kind of teasers about the big uh, fan survey that we're doing that will hopefully launch around uh, March 1st or so, if not sooner, but probably March 1st. Anyway, one of the questions in there um, asks basically the same question, you know, what of the big U2 classics, you know, if, if the band asked you which one they should drop, what would you say? And so, you know, I was testing the survey and having to choose an answer and all that. And I think I chose Elevation for some reason, just because I think, I don't know it's fun to jump up and down and all that sort of stuff, but that's like one song that has like never changed from the first time they've played it. So, you know, I could, I could go like, you know, I could go with, I guess without hearing that one for a while.
0: Remember the uh, YouTube brother remix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, how about you?
2: Uh, this is a tricky question because when you have your, your general, um, music enthusiast who may not necessarily be into U2 going to a U2 show, um, Pride and Beautiful Day and all the ones th- that we kind of feel, you know, are are done. Those are the ones that invigorate the crowd the most. So to remove some of those that the diehards would like to see gone might actually detract from the show. So this isn't a cop-out answer, but I just feel like... Um, whatever the narrative is that the band wants to put out if the song doesn't fit the narrative then it shouldn't be played so um that's um, the
0: politically correct answer i guess you know not to get in trouble yeah
2: yeah no no but there but there really isn't a song and for me it could change on on a weekly basis so um i'm 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 just happy enough to have something live happening
0: There's quite the debate going on in the chat room with uh, U2GW saying City of Blinding Lights, and I kind of agreed, and then Matt shouted at us saying, no, I love City of Blinding Lights. It must never be dropped. Um, Matt, did you want to just follow up with any sort of... (laughs) <laughs> Declaration of love for City of Blind Lights before we move on. It's,
1: it's I I I love it. I think it's one of the most underrated songs that they've that they've done. Nobody ever talks about it as one of the you know one of the great U two songs. And I think it's fantastic. I think the lyrics are terrific. I think the sound. I, yeah, I just I just love
0: that song. I think because it's not one of the U2 classics. That's what I'm trying, <laughs> trying to figure out a way to get in trouble. And
1: again, you have been now fired twice on this podcast no. already, and we are
2: only 15
1: <laughs> minutes in.
0: Hey, Matt came but, in the chat room and like says, City- Get rid of bad. So, I mean, that's like, <laughs> I'm going to throw him or her in He's no, the fired too.
2: <laughs> but, there's, but there are certain songs that take on special meanings if you followed them from tour to tour. So, like City of Blinding Lights for me for the vertigo tour when you've got all the confetti coming out of the sky at the start of the show and and it and it set the mood when it's performed now it harkens back to to the previous tour you know same thing with elevation a couple tours ago they actually did change that up a little bit with the with the little fake out going into the second verse where it didn't go into the full band it it kept with um, edges wawa guitar going um, um, until it went into the first chorus so you know I, I think that some of the older songs by them keeping it into the set list it brings back the fond memory of when, when you heard it before or when you saw it live and then having the uh, uh, joy of seeing how they're presenting it this time as opposed to what they did before. You know, same thing with um, um, streets. I know that they will never drop streets from this point on, but the joy that everybody had with the red screen going to the white light brought back all those warm fuzzies about back when you first saw it watching Rattle and Hum or during um, the Zoo TV tour. And then once they started monkeying around with it with the African flags and doing this, that, and the other. But when they went back to Red, even Matt said, now I have to go back to another show to experience it. So, you know, there are certain songs that that hold special memories for a variety of different reasons for a variety of different people. So to say I want to have pride dropped if if it's speaking up on behalf of a political cause or or some sort of humanitarian thing or whatever Bono wants to talk about. Then it should belong in the show because that's part of the soapbox. So I don't want to take away any of their um, their uh, 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 capability to tell their story.
0: Yeah, well, that's
2: fair. That's fair.
1: I agree. That's fair. Yeah. And look, they've been doing this for thirty years. They're you know they're pretty good at putting a set list together. As far as I'm concerned, it's not like they're you know just starting out and that they have have a history of playing bad live shows. You know so. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I just tend to say, you know, you guys play what you're going to play and I'm going to enjoy it or I'm not going to enjoy it. And that's fine. So,
2: yeah.
0: And, and luckily, I always do enjoy it. <laughs> luckily, they're not actually officially soliciting feedback from us on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. all for fun. Points don't matter. Uh, <laughs> and Matt, this last question, I don't, I don't know the context here, so I don't know if you do, but Hey, it's Carolina asks, uh, Matt, you sure you don't have a side job manning Jimmy Fallon's cue cards? Or do you have a twin we don't know about? Hashtag. Is there a Jimmy Fallon cue card guy that resembles Matt?
1: Uh, if there is, that's news to me. How old is that question? Is that like from that's Thanksgiving a also?
0: No, that's yeah. that's from nineteen no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's from when we did the original podcast ten years ago. <laughs> 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 I no, I have no idea what Carolina is talking about yeah,
0: so caroline that you can be- uh tweet or, or whatever another ask at you too with a, a photo screen capture or something maybe we can follow up uh find out what matt's really doing in his spare time uh, <laughs> 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 all right moving on to the round table which uh, will cover a few topics but um one of the ones uh, just a bit of follow up which kind of alluded to i guess earlier but is where the heck have we been never mind where larry's been but where the heck have, have we been for the last has it really been 7 weeks i guess it, it has been hey?
1: 7 7 weeks and people that were Thanks. tweeting and emailing you know is, have you guys Boxing. shut down the shut down the podcast <laughs> and all this sort of stuff and i'm just trying to tell them no 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 we're just we're
0: just taking a little break and all that sort of stuff so yeah this is not we this,
2: had to wait for news we finally got news
0: yeah, it kind of actually worked. It wasn't planned like I think when we left the last episode. If you're listening if this if you're listening to episode 23 now after listening to 22 just, you know, like days ago, you'll be thinking what are they talking about? There was no break. But um the when we left the podcast, we had plans to do recordings from our remote venues and things like that, but um my remote venue certainly didn't pan out very well as for Wi-Fi. It was great for sunsets, but not great for <laughs> internet and uh recording and uh things like that. So um that's that's my excuse, anyways, and it actually worked out well because, like Sherry said, there wasn't much news to talk about, anyways, and, and not that we don't like talking with each other, but you know, every so often you need a break from your your friends, <laughs> 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 from your soundboard, from your friends. So, um, but yeah. That's where we've been. Apologies for not following through on that. If you were deeply hurt, uh, you can have a refund at the door. Um, you and didn't so even we're, and
2: send me flowers. <laughs> there are No flowers. I send you no tacos. Chocolates. No.
0: You didn't get the tacos. No. no sorry about that. Uh, Sherry, what was you had a, a suggestion of a topic? The I know one that's near and dear to your your heart and your well, passions. Well,
2: well there's there's two, so which one would you like to delve into first, Mr. Enns?
0: Well, I was thinking the fan club uh announcement and, and emails and things might be worth discussing for folks.
2: You think? Yeah, <laughs> oh this here is... we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can already tell. <laughs>
2: bring it, bring it, bring it. Exactly.
1: I can just Chris, you and I will just sit back and just listen. <laughs>
2: welcome to the boston mcpotty mouth podcast um no, th- i have been amused i think is the hold best on before way to- you start no no Go no, hold on. hold
1: on before you start i'm gonna yeah. i need to interrupt does anyone know the difference between a serigraph and a lithograph
0: <laughs> is this something like a something you have in your throat
1: i'm just asking
0: i, I don't know
1: yeah i don't know either because I know they've been selling lithographs on YouTube.com for decades. It is also now-
2: known as silkscreen uh, printing. One color is printed. You're at using the time. Google. You're so cheating. So several <laughs> screens can be used to produce a multicolored image or design. Yes, <laughs> Google.
0: <laughs> but anyway. <laughs>
2: It's a type of screen printing. There we
0: go. Okay.
1: I just, I just, remember, I remember getting that email when I, they sent it out last week or whatever, whenever it was. And I was like, okay, A, what is a serograph? And B, I couldn't tell. I had to read the email like three times. Are they telling me that this is the free gift or are they telling me that this is right. something they're just adding to the store? Or it was, I know the wording on that email was so. Vague. I was like, what on earth? And then I went on Twitter and people are all saying, oh, this is the best gift and this is the worst gift and I love it and I hate it. And I was like, oh, so that's the gift. I had no idea. So maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just slow. I just, you know. Maybe. I I didn't know what a serigraph was. I didn't know what a lithograph was. And so, yeah.
2: Anyway. Okay, Sherry. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) yes, I've been rather amused in seeing the – um, sentiment about this particular gift because I think people were really anticipating that they were going to get a live show um, as the gift. And when they said, uh, no, we're going to be sending you these these uh, 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 roughly 18 by 24 um, um, set of four serographs, they were like, what the? So um, I've seen responses from they... Um, Um, I'm a grown-up. I'm not going to be putting up posters of a rock band on my wall to um, what a cheap gift um, to, you know, uh, uh, um, what do you mean we're getting pictures? Uh, What what am I going to do with these? So, you know, I think that if you took a step back and actually saw the value in this particular gift, um, I think that you might have a slightly different perspective on it. At the shows, there were no posters to be purchased in the merchandising stalls. Um, everything about this tour was widescreen, and the serographs are are um, are portrait. So, even from a a um, an artistic point of view, they're they're presenting you with a different uh, a view um, from the, um, innocence and experience tour. So it's unlike anything that, that we've seen over the course of 2015. Um, I will admit, you know, I'm running out of wall space in my U2 shrine known as my house. So I don't know where I would put them right now, but, um, I just feel like it's a quality gift that, that was actually well thought out. Um, I don't think that they slapped it together really quick and, and, and thought, well, you know, we'll just throw this out to the fan base. I think that there was some serious discussion that went into it. Um, and in researching past gifts, um, they have not sent out a, um, a show from a current tour until long after that tour had concluded. So, you know, for the 360 tour, the Rose Bowl DVD came out in 2010 from the um, 2009 concert. It wasn't until 2012 when we got U22 that, um, that was like a best of um, the live performances and then the following year you got edges picks with from the ground up So um, so their live offering from the 360 tour came well after the tour concluded. Um, I will admit I was kind of hoping for the Roxy um, uh, uh, club show right. but but in reading the fine print with the um, fan club membership, Uh, details. It doesn't sound like the serigraphs will be your, your, your only gift this year in that I think what they're going to try to do when the new album comes out or, or, or when the tour resumes in the fall, because we've got every indication that the tour is resuming in the fall, that, um, that they're going to try to offer to the paid members some, some sort of streaming again or something. They don't know what it is. I'm sure that they've got to pass through five different rounds of legal in order to decide what they're able to do. But I think that they needed to have something to send out now because they're not prepared to make any other announcement until much later into the year. So, um, you know, I feel bad that so many people feel like this is a junk gift but if you look at what they've offered for the tour thus far it's something that is unique you couldn't buy elsewhere and, and, and it really captures the essence of what the Innocence and Experience tour has been and we're still mid-cycle in all of this so um, that's my two cents for what it's worth take it or leave it
0: yeah, I haven't uh I wasn't uh due to travel or whatever and stuff, I wasn't seeing uh, any of the sort of backlash and whatever s- responses to the gift and I I wasn't even when I got the email I was like Matt Moore where I was I I wasn't really clued into the fact that this was a gift. I thought it was more like hey, coming soon in our store, you know, these pictures or whatever and it's like okay, and I, I might check that out i guess um but reading the post on ut.com it does it is obviously very clear now that it's it is a, yeah. subscribers will receive an exclusive collection of uh, serigraphs, which um is defined as a printed design produced by means of a silk screen um
1: okay so yeah
0: i'm i'm with you sure, though. i think that it leaves def definitely leaves plenty of sort of room open for uh, some, th- something to happen down the road with uh, future gifts related to the tour or the new tour or something in between, so
2: yeah, and even the wording as far as the pre-sales go, it's not if, it's when. So, um, you know, they're giving every indication that that this renewal cycle will include some form of a pre-sale for something. Yeah,
0: yeah. We I keep joking with people on Twitter, and well, before when the podcast ended, before we ended in 2015, I guess. Anyways, that. We haven't, still haven't heard official news about a tour date and you know ticket announcements and stuff like that. But definitely, year dot com has very been very hasn't been at all cagey about saying <laughs> that there is going to be tickets to be bought and subscribers will be able to get a presale on those. So good, good signs, I guess, for those of us holding out for uh, more tour dates to come.
2: I'm sure, as long as the ticket bots don't go stealing them all on us. <gasps>
0: good segue. S-
2: segue. <laughs> <laughs> Seven weeks we still got it.
1: That was fantastic, Sherry. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah. so what Sherry's uh, so eloquently referring to <laughs> is the uh, what, how many pages was it, Sherry, that you've read of uh, Oh,
2: I've got like 60 something. yeah, you know.
0: so it, so set aside the next reading. couple hours, Sherry's gonna just basically <laughs> recite it for you from memory and then we'll discuss maybe after each every five pages or so, we'll just take questions. <laughs>
1: that no. will be the that will be podcast number twenty three extended <laughs> remix
0: exactly forty three page report on the from the attorney general in New York on ticket resale business being a quote today quote unquote fixed game so uh, Sherry, you're probably the most well equipped person to give us some sort of summary on what's in this <laughs> document
2: they didn't tell us anything we didn't already know I exactly. think you know thank you. We, thank you
1: thank you for beginning that way because okay good i'm glad yeah. i'm glad i'm glad we agree on that
2: no yeah you know we've we've been reporting on this uh, um, uh, with the u2 angle obviously for years now we personally experienced it back in july um, of 2015 at madison square garden where um, Several of us were directly impacted by this. We've been monitoring um, the way that Ticketmaster and TM Plus and and StubHub and and all these other um, uh, organizations and outfits have been operating. So, you know, there comes a point where... You just have to wonder: Is it me? Am I just missing something? So, what what the New York um, Attorney General's office did was basically validate all of the things that we've been complaining about, or 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 pointing out as being unfair, or you know, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and certainly on this uh, uh, recent tour in 2015, the band. Tried to take certain steps in in um, in limiting certain types of tickets, like GA w- was going to be paperless, but you couldn't transfer it. Um, but you know, to to have it clearly state in the attorney general's um, report, and of course, everybody picked up on it that. There was a bot that was able to purchase over a thousand U2 tickets for New York City in in you know record time, and then by the end of the day, um, they were able to get fifteen thousand U2 tickets across the tour. Um, it was insanity, absolute insanity. So what ended up happening was some of the measures that they a uh, 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 place to help the fans, which also hurt the fans in several ways, where I can't even imagine how much worse it could have been had they not put in place some of those um, ticketing procedures if this is what the Attorney General's office um, reported back. I mean, it's it, it boggles the mind. So um, what is r- rather bothersome about it, though, is, um, you know, the Attorney General's office is making recommendations uh, about, you know, that we have to change the law, we have to end the ban on non-transferable paperless tickets, we have to um, uh, increase transparency regarding ticket allocations and limits and and all these things. And I I do not believe that they are going to be able to get a law that they can enact if they haven't been able to do anything up to this point. And certainly in the New York market, um, it's so embedded into a secondary, um, reselling market. They are going to have a tough time, um, in their state house, getting it to pass, especially after they passed legislation many years ago, allowing the resellers to resell. So, um, you know, like I said, they're not telling us anything that we didn't already know. I just don't know how they're going to uh, uh, create that positive change that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, there's a funny quote in the article that says The greatest evil that theatergoers in this city have to contend with is the ticket speculator. They are practically highwaymen and hold up everybody that goes to a place of amusement from a New York magistrate in 1901. So, yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. going on a while, <laughs> a <little> while, centuries. <laughs> back in the, yeah anyways and it's amazing how like you said 15,000 tickets that one one broker and a colleague racked up and sold for as high marked up like 49% markup up to 7 or 7,000% 7, markup yeah so like on a GA ticket was what 65 bucks or something in the states I forgot how much they were yeah
2: that's about right yeah, yeah.
0: so like oh I mean that's you know it's 75 or whatever my math is not great uh, <laughs> 90 some bucks at 50% markup and then like, it's just insane, obviously. It probably wasn't just a GA ticket even, too, that they were selling for 7,000% markup. So the amount of money that these people made off of U2, but U2 but didn't see a not, dime and, yeah, it's just kind of yeah, like... <laughs>
2: but it's not just those those resellers, and this is something that I've been writing about pretty consistently in OTRs and even in my last um, uh, uh, U2 list article. You have Ticketmaster with their own official reselling um, uh, side of it. And so in the attorney general's report on page five, and I doth quote, um, (laughs) I
0: read at least up to page five.
2: You know, know, it says here we are also interested in the degree to which excessive service charges may constitute evidence of abusive monopoly power, especially as they relate to the resale of sports tickets. This is um, um, about how you know the um, Yankees and and other professional sports teams would have their own uh, reselling site where they wouldn't allow. The reseller to sell the ticket for less than face value, but this also gets to Ticketmaster, which is owned by Live Nation. Ticketmaster having its its own reselling uh, platform, uh, taking service charges both on the ticket when it was first sold, and then if you go to resell it using their particular platform, they are once again getting another service charge on a ticket that they've already gotten a service charge on. No matter how many times you end up reselling it, they're getting additional service charges on that same ticket. And they hold the monopoly on that because they control the ticket inventory. So where I ran into a problem and I took it all the way up to the Massachusetts Attorney General's office last year and ended up getting nowhere with Ticketmaster, uh, for obvious reasons, was that when tickets went on sale for one of the Boston shows and it was so- showing sold out and they were only offering TM Plus tickets, I succumbed. I bought a TM Plus ticket because it's my local show, only to have additional face value inventory then become available the day after. And I had no recourse because a TM plus ticket is not um, eligible for refund. So I was stuck with this ticket under the assumption that the show was actually sold out and this was my only way in. So if Ticketmaster can control the inventory of face value tickets to a degree where they can shut off all the face value tickets so that they can make additional revenue on the resale tickets and then slowly add to the inventory as they see fit, then they're controlling the market in such a monopolistic way that the consumer is being misled into believing that there are no face value tickets when there really are. And that was my main gripe about this whole process um, uh, with the Innocence and Experience tour as it related to the Boston shows because honestly, the first two nights in Boston did indeed sell out. So when they put on nights three and four, I assumed, well, those are going to sell out too. And when they did show s- sold out only to have the day after and I tweeted the heck out of this at the time, only to have the day after, all of a sudden, all this new inventory popped in. But I was told that the day before that there wasn't any new inventory. And I paid um, $80 above face for a, um, for a seat that, quite frankly, I could have gotten um, um, uh, a better package for that type of a price. Uh, I felt duped. So, you know, it goes into the whole buyer beware thing, but the attorney general's report only highlights the fact that Ticketmaster themselves have a monopoly because they can control the inventory as it goes through. And by them having a reselling, uh, option themselves. It's in their best interest to get you to buy the higher resale ticket because they're making more money on the service charge because that service charge is a percentage. It's not a flat rate.
1: So, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, I, there's really, there's nothing new in, in this, in, in the whole report. And I'm, I swear we've read this report five years ago or 10 years ago or whenever it was. Um, and you know, obviously, there's corruption in the system. I mean, you get on. You, you know, I'm I'm a Seahawks season ticket holder. I go to Mariners games. You know, every year, or well, maybe almost every year. And you know, it's you know, and you know, searching for Adele tickets or searching for U two tickets or whatever it is. And so you get online and you and you see that, you know, all of a sudden in this one section of the arena, you know, there's like three entire rows of a section that are all available for sale, you know, on the secondary market. And you just know that that's one of these guys with the bots, you know, just buying up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tickets, you know, as quick as they can. And it's, you know, yeah, it stinks. And it's terrible. At the same time, I'll play, I'll play devil's advocate though, for, for just a minute as a, we, I think, I think many of us will remember what happened to our friend, Justin Kent, um, was it in New York, Sherry? I think it was in New York. I think it was at one of the early, yeah, it was. It was at one of the early New York shows where he responded to, I think it was a Craigslist ad or something like that. And he drove up to, you know, different part of the city and he bought tickets from somebody that, you know, was unofficial and selling these tickets. And they ended up being fakes. And so he was out. I don't remember what the dollar figure was, but it was- It was a
2: ridiculous amount of money. Yeah,
1: it was was pretty substantial. And, you know, that sucks for him. However, at least with the Ticketmaster, uh, you know, official resale venue, you know you are getting legitimate tickets. And as someone who, like I said, I'm a Seahawks fan. And, you know, for years, the only way to get Seahawks tickets would be through- the official, you know, NFL resale site. And I appreciated the fact that I knew, even though I was paying more than face value, I knew I was getting legitimate tickets and that I was not going to have a problem. When I got to the venue, I was going to get right in and there's my seats. And so, yeah, I agree. You know, I hate the fact that, that there's a, you know, an extra service charge, um, you know, and, and, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that, that's very bothersome. Um, and it is bothersome, I, you know. I think there's no doubt that that you know, as you were saying, Sherry, you know, Ticketmaster certainly holds back a percentage of these tickets, and in all likelihood, I think we can assume that some of those, you know, go straight into the, the resale system. But you know, again, as a buyer, I'm like, all right, you know, hey, if I have to pay more, at least I know I'd rather buy them from here than I, than through eBay, Craigslist. My local newspaper, or whatever it might be, so I think there is i think there is some something of a service being performed there i I agree, however, that it's not as um, i don't know what the word is it's not as clean as it could be, perhaps
0: because like, this is the problem not that we're in any position to be experts on this and have a solution, but is the problem like that it's just one company, ticketmaster that basically owns this business? And then, well,
1: I mean, there's, there's StubHub too. I mean, you, you know, there's it's not they're not the only ones. I mean, they're right. they're the, they're the only ones that have the official deals with the venues and the sports teams and you know the promoters and all that sort of stuff. So. um you know, but there's StubHub and I think there's, I think there's even, I think there's, there's vivid seats or vivid tickets or something. There's, I mean, there's a couple others that do this same thing. It's just, it's, those are slightly more risky. I mean, like I, like I've bought Seahawks tickets on StubHub as well. And they tell you that, you know, as best they are aware, these are legitimate tickets. And if, there is a problem getting in at the venue here's the direct line to our customer service it's a you know like a private kind of thing and you just call and they will do everything they can to get you different seats and if they can't you'll get a refund uh you know right away so right. so so stubhub has some you know some security built in but the the benefit with the ticketmaster resale system and, and i've done you know like i said i'm a seahawks season ticket holder so there were 3 games this past season that i couldn't get to Seattle's you know two hundred plus miles away, so I can't go to all the home games. So I listed these for sale on the Ticketmaster uh, resale system, and you know if somebody's willing to spend you know more than the face value because it's that important that they go see this one game, you know, so be it. And and the benefit is that once I put them into the Ticketmaster resale system, my Seahawks tickets, my original tickets. Are invalid at that exact moment, right? The little barcode, the, the you know the right. unique identifier for my tickets—they they're, they don't work anymore. So you know I can't by using the official system. I can't you know sell my tickets to somebody else and then oh here's my see- my printed season tickets. I'm still going to try and get in. They don't work. So there you know, so there, there there is you know some some extra security there.
0: Yeah.
2: But my biggest beef is when you have the the um company. You know, in this case, it would be Ticketmaster controlling the inventory and telling you something is sold out when it's not, yeah, and for sure. and then and then you know, sort of duping you into believing that this is this is the only way you can get a legit ticket when there are face value tickets in their system that they just haven't um, uh, uh, set. Set to um, go live yet for whatever reason, whether it's a production hold or, you know, uh, they have a whole section that they are waiting for, you know, two hours before showtime or whatever, it's for the uninformed consumer who doesn't know that you know a particular band might actually do a last-minute ticket drop, you're being misled into believing that the only way you can get in to see that concert is by purchasing the resale ticket when they have the face-value tickets in their inventory. They just haven't launched them to go live yet.
0: Yeah, that's one article or one paragraph in there deals with that of like... Insiders receiving 28% of the tickets for two separate 2012 Justin Bieber shows at MSG and 29% for a 2013 Kanye West shows. 38% of available tickets were held for pre-sales for, uh, by American Express, eBay, et cetera. Fleetwood Mac held back 61% of tickets for a 2013 MSG show, as did oh, Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake with 71% of tickets for a 2013 show at Yankee Stadium, which is, <laughs> that's a lot of the tickets. I mean, mm-hmm. you can imagine somebody who's a big, you know, Jay-Z or Justin Timberlake fan being like panicking when whatever uh, 29% of the tickets are gone are sold already or that's all that's available and uh, you know that Yankee Stadium holds a, more than that many people and you're like kind of freaking out because you're not going to get tickets for the show or whatever but um, yeah it's too bad there's it's just a money issue that uh, there's lots of people trying to get their little piece of the pie and figuring out new creative sometimes dubiously Uh, Ways to get get some of that money, I guess, is the problem. And so, when there's lots of money involved, there's lots of people always trying to figure out new ways. Like this young software developer working with a broker that made forty two million in two thousand thirteen, selling thirty one million tickets dollars in tickets on StubHub, (laughs) and he then bought a four million dollar home and a. Bentley luxury vehicle, which is nice. Funny that that's in the report exactly, but.
2: (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to figure out a way, a better way, like like what Matt was saying with the Ticketmaster system, that it could actually work because you do need, like somebody has to be paid for their time to do it. And it feels like Ticketmaster maybe takes a little bit more than they should or whatever. Uh, Are they a publicly traded company? They must be at this point. I don't know just feels like something like that would then be, you'd see like how much profit, you know, like how Apple gets in trouble for, or sort of in trouble because they make so much money, but off their sales or their thing, but other products. But, um yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, somebody, um uh, one of the complaints to the attorney general was, why am I paying a ticket service fee when it's a paperless ticket and I'm showing it on my phone? Why am yeah. I <laughs> exactly. paying for that? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a convenience fee. That's my favorite. It's a convenience fee. (laughs) Good Lord. Give me a break And your convenience fees.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how 2015 worked when – and it's not if, it's when – U2 does announce the next uh, part of the IE tour – if they're going to follow suit with how they handled things in 2015 or now that there's a lot more known about the procedure, if they'll, if it'll be more fan friendly um, or if there'll be even more stricter, uh, uh, the restrictions put into place, maybe it'll be completely ticketless who the hell knows. But, you know, this is certainly a hot button topic. It's, it's been covered in Rolling Stone. It's been covered in, in just about every major media outlet, out there um and it will be something that will be talked about i will say this though that if new york successfully uh changes the law it's my hope that the other 49 states follow suit uh because um it just needs to happen
0: mm-hmm. yeah utgw chat room mentions the the i was thinking back to this the in the nineties, I think it was when Pearl Jam took on Ticketmaster and, you know, went to the whatever Supreme court or whatever, I don't know, whatever
2: stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and, and this is where Pearl Jam ended up having to, uh, rethink their position because when live nation started taking over the, the industry, as we know it, they couldn't get into certain venues because they weren't, uh, playing the Live Nation game, so they were playing these small ballrooms or, or or clubs out in the middle of nowhere. They couldn't get into the major venues. They couldn't um, um, get into places with good security or good PA. You know, they were having to do everything on their own as independently as possible, and found that it was too expensive and 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 they weren't. Um, the fans weren't getting a good experience out of it. Um, and, and it set a precedent that you basically play with, you know, play with the corporate side of things, or, you know, you're not going to be the act that you want to be. And, and, you know, getting back to that whole monopoly, um, phrase, I'm sure that, uh, Art Fogel loves it whenever somebody looks at Live Nation and uses the word monopoly. But that's exactly what it is from the consumer's perspective and artists who end up getting stuck having to do these types of 360 deals because it's the only way that they're able to perform in front of the large audiences that they want to. Um, you know, you, you give up a little bit or a lot of it, um, um, a lot of your um, independence in order to go through all of the hoops and that of Live Nation, so um, you know it is what it is, and, and um, unless something massive uh, shifts the uh, the company about this is what our our reality is, so so suck it up and deal with it, and that's basically how I felt. Uh, fans retreated in 2015. <laughs> Tough Tootsie's just suck it up and deal with it.
1: And and follow and follow the fan sites because we as I th- and Jeff made a good point in the in the live chat that you know if you're connected to fans online whether it be through us or YouTube Star or any of the sites you know all the Twitter accounts, YouTube gigs, and all the the the, the country based. Uh, you know, U two tour de and U two Barcelona. You know all the U uh, two Valencia. So whenever there is ticket drops, they were all you know tweeting it out and you know get your tickets now. They're they're on Ticketmaster or whatever the site was. So you know, I am glad that we try that we all try to help each other that way. So yeah, and I think and, and obviously we need to continue doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and yeah, there is there is only so much we can do and uh, and just try to get get tickets to shows that you can and. Uh, Get the word out about tickets that are available. So, um, to wrap
1: up to wrap up this part of the conversation. If anybody has face value tickets for Adele in Seattle, let me know.
0: <laughs> Wait, how is that? What is that? Uh, I wish Sorry, I had to go was Adele. I? Hello. Um, all right, <laughs>
1: hey Chris. Hi from the other side.
2: <laughs> see, see. Unfortunately, Matt, you could have had it all. <laughs> yes.
1: When we were young. Sherry, you look like a movie. Chris, you sound like a song.
0: <laughs> you have been listening to a lot. Um, okay. I think that wraps up this episode. If we're starting to quote Adele, um, <laughs> we can be sure to uh, submit questions, comments, thoughts to the hashtag ask at you two on Twitter. And we'll follow up with those in an, on a future episode, uh, which should be sooner than seven weeks <laughs> for the next one. And
2: if anybody has seen Larry or Larry's shirt, alert us promptly. <laughs>
0: How would you know we're if Larry's shirt was him. just hanging somewhere? What would you?
2: Well, well, the shirt just tweeted me to ask me if we've been talking about him, and I just said, <laughs> "Yes, you're missing, and we miss you." So, uh, um, once again, anybody who who might have seen Larry, let us know. We're worried about him. <laughs> How do rock stars smell like?
0: All uh, right, and uh, you can find this show. This episode is GoodStuff.fm slash atu two slash twenty three. And uh, we are on the Twitters at at U2, A-T-U-2. And facebook.com slash A-T-U-2 com is where you can find us on Facebook if you want to like us over there. So, uh, Matt, any closing comments on this first episode of 2016 before we head out?
1: No, I feel – have we gotten all the rust out?
0: I think so. I think so. I think we're good. I think
1: so. And you you did record this, right? Oh, shoot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Crap, I knew I forgot something.
1: The first live-only podcast in at U two history. <laughs> Hopefully the last.
0: Yes. So if you're listening to this, I did remember to hit record, and it worked. So we'll see you again next time. Thanks for coming. We'll share your work. Can folks find you on the internets if they want to uh, have questions about your comments on things? If they're from the mafia, maybe in New York, and want to question you about your ticket sale position?
2: Well, I've got... Uh, I've got mafia ties in italy so i'm sure that they're probably a long lost cousin of mine but you can find me at at you 2 com sherry on twitter
0: and matt how about you at matt mcgee all right and i'm I-Kris on twitter and uh thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you again next time have a good day bye